wasn't able to orchestrate the comeback against Green Bay in the playoffs. Y'all act like this stuff isn't on his ledger. You act like he didn't take a rookie quarterback in Dak Prescott and formulate an uh, entire scheme of how they're going to play the game and lead the Cowboys to the record that he did and have Dak Prescott break all of those records that he did. Right. Like, that magazine came in the mail and it never made it to the coffee table, bro. Mine didn't. Come on, man. Mine didn't. I ain't lying to you. Mine ain't never make it to the coffee table. I took it out the mail. I ain't even opened that episode. It just went in the trash. I was like, nah, man. I'm going to say this again because I know that we've been going in on you guys and gals and you have deserved it. So you're going to sit there and you're going to catch this fade that we're throwing from center field. Again. We do not condone the ass whooping that took place <laughs> at all on Sunday. Poor picture angle of Romo running out into training camp, and suddenly Romo is fat bastard from Austin Powers. Ladies and gentlemen, stop. Stop. Stop looking for reasons. Stop looking for excuses. The Cowboys got their asses handed to them, they got kicked in the teeth. That's what happened. Now listen, all of you folks, I need you to gather around. Uncle KD and Uncle Pat got a story to tell y'all. It is a tall tale about what happens when the Cowboys get blown out for the first time in a long time. Everybody in Cowboys Nation freaking loses their mind. Pat, what is going on with you, my brother? I am great with the exception of trying to figure out what in the entire hell is wrong with Cowboys fandom right now. Is the problem that, that Game of Thrones is off the air and they don't have anything to, to release this pent-up frustration because the Cowboys took an L. There's no doubt about it. As I wrote on CowboysWire.com, it was demoralizing. It was detrimental to your mentals. It was everything that you could not want to happen on national TV on Sunday. However, it is one game and people are acting like the damn Blue Fire Dragon has scorched their entire wall and brought everything tumbling down in their universe. Which is ridiculous to me, considering the Cowboys still have two dragons. Uh, they, Bro. you know, they, they they still have the Unsullied. You know, they still have the Army of the North with Jon Snow. I mean, there's still a lot of positive things going on in the world of the Cowboys, and it boggles my mind that suddenly, as it relates to the Cowboys being blown out early in the season, that now. It's over, and everybody needs to be cut and you know, or traded, and coaches need to be fired. However, week one, the Super Bowl defending champion New England Patriots on their home field With five months were to effectively dismantled by a Kansas City Chiefs team that was predicted to be more so a wild card team than anything else. Why did they not receive the same flame-broiled hate? that the Cowboys are receiving? We know the answer to that, and we expect that from outside of the fandom. However, to see the fandom itself imploding, completely unacceptable. I need people to just actually watch football and absorb what's happening here. Now, as KD stated, ladies and gentlemen, we got our asses kicked. Let's be clear and unequivocal in that fact. We got our asses kicked. We are not making excuses for what was put on film on Sunday. What we're simply saying is that was September 17th. There are 14 additional regular season games to be played, and the Cowboys were also 1-1 one one after suffering a gut-wrenching, heartbreaking loss within the first two weeks of 2016. And correct me if I'm wrong, Katie, 
They did just fine right after. They did just fine, and that's why it's so amazing to watch this whole drama play out, and it's sickening, and that is why here on this podcast, the Cowboys Nation fans have to catch this fade. You know what it is. I'm KD Drummond. That, of course, is my partner in crime, Mr. Patrick Walker. Find him on Twitter at Voice of the Star. You can find me at KD Drummond NFL. And if you have any problem whatsoever with anything that we're saying right now, come at me, bro. You know where to find us on Twitter. Now, let's break this down. In the course of the last 48 hours, I've seen fans say that Jason Garrett is the worst head coach in the history of the universe because of the fact that they came out unprepared and then there was a lightning storm and they didn't get get things fixed in the lightning storm break and then there was a halftime and they didn't get things fixed in the halftime. Now, granted, I wrote an article early in the week about Jason Garrett being a great head coach. And this wasn't exactly his finest performance. He didn't really make me look very good (laughs) over that one. I will admit that 100%. But for y'all to act like what happened in all of the previous games, like he didn't come out and mollywop the Giants with their game plan of bludgeoning them to death just a week before, like he didn't have the team 13-2 and last season in games that they actually tried to play in. Like, he wasn't able to orchestrate the comeback against Green Bay in the playoffs. Y'all act like this stuff isn't on his ledger. You act like he didn't take a rookie quarterback in Dak Prescott and formulate an entire scheme of how they're going to play the game and lead the Cowboys to the record that he did and have Dak Prescott break all of those records that he did. You act like he didn't do this a couple years prior with Tony Romo when they also had the best record in the league. You act like he's not the reigning coach of the year, yet because they went into Denver, one of the toughest places to play in the early season. Did you know that the Denver Broncos are now 20-1 and one in week one or week two home games in September over the last several years? 20-1. and one. one team has gone in there and won. One. 20-1. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is not anomalous. That, that exists for a reason. Yes. Finish giving it to them, man. Now, again, you know which side I'm on. I'm biased. I would love for my what, what I described to be right, but I have no problem if I, what I described is wrong. I still believe that Jason Garrett has evolved into a great head coach. I don't worry Absolutely. about the eight and eight years. I don't worry about the, the winning your end games. All of that stuff is in the past. What I saw when he handed over the play calling duties to Scott Linehan in 2014 and just took over and was simply the head coach with a guy that he could trust to run a version of his offense, I saw all of the power of JG day in and day out take effect. Now, people need to understand, coaching isn't only about what happens on game days. Coaching is about getting your team prepared, getting them in the right mentality to play the game during the week, having great practice habits, having everybody buy in. And up until, up until this game on Sunday for the last three years, we've seen nothing but that. Even when they had no quarterback, they were playing with Brandon mm-hmm. Whedon and Matt Castle and Kellen Moore. The team fought every mm-hmm. single week. Now, you look around the National Football League, and teams quit all the time. Teams have horrible performances all the time. But oh, my not God. The Cow- Last year, the Eagles were quitting on the field, dude. Bruh. And they still on talking the about field. Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz being the second coming of both of those positions. <laughs> but, however, the Cowboys do it one time, and all of a sudden, nothing else matters. Y'all are garbage fans, man. Listen to what I'm telling you. Come at me, bro. Y'all are garbage fans if you change your opinion on this team based on this one game. If you take this one loss, this blowout loss, without seeing any evidence that it's going to roll into the next couple weeks. Now, if they do it again and again and the season goes down the tube, you were right to begin with. But right now, 
Nah, bruh. Save that. Yeah, but I, I'm not even going to say they were right to begin with, and here's the problem I have with that. It's because it's called it's something called hedging your bet, mm-hmm. right? Hedging your bet is when you continue to throw negativity at the wall, and you just hope eventually one of those things sticks so that you can turn around and say, guess what? I was right the whole time. No, sir. No, ma'am. That is not how this works for the intelligent cowboys and football fans as a whole. We see you. We smell you before you come around the corner. Stop it. You're not permitted here. That being said, when it goes to Jason Garrett. Everyone saw what he was capable of. Even I'm going to be bold enough to go prior to 2014 when he got Linehan. The eight and eight years. If you look at the eight and eight years, there were games that were lost by less than six points, Mm -hmm. four points, Mm -hmm. three points, Mm -hmm. wherein if you flip one play here, a, a bad call there gets turned around in favor of the Cowboys, then it's a winning record. That's how close he was to being able to be OC and HC successfully. However, he took enough accountability to say, you know what, I am one step away from or one move away on my personnel to getting the Cowboys where they need to be. He made that move. He bought in Scott Linehan. He did not have to do that, yet he did. That happened. 2014 happened. Of course, you have Romo. He was an MVP candidate that year. Yep. 2015, yes, we would like to all forget 2015, but not because of the coaching, because for those that don't know, Garrett was actually integral in pleading with Jerry Jones to get a substantially more talented, for lack of a better way to put it, back up to Tony Romo. Jones did not do that. So when Romo got injured, we were left with the Brandon Whedons of the world, the Matt Castles of the world, and then subsequently the Kellen Moores of the world. So that's what went wrong with 2015. So then those some people would say, well, you know, if he's a good coach, he can coach up anybody. Not when it comes to the most important position on the field. You cannot turn Kellen Moore into Tony Romo. If that was the case, if everybody that was indeed the case, every head coach would be able to do it, and the Cleveland Browns would also be the Dallas Cowboys. That's not how this works, ladies and gentlemen. It is the totality of things like KD said. It is preparation. It is personnel. It is being ready to play on game. They ain't playing on game. Now, that being said, I'm going to say this again because I know that we've been going in on you guys and gals, and you have deserved it, so you're going to sit there and you're going to catch this fade that we're throwing from center field. That being said, Again, we do not condone the ass whooping that took place <laughs> at all on Sunday. What we're simply saying is it is week or it was week two. What's going to happen is they're going to go into Arizona. They're going to face an Arizona Cardinals team that is solid. However, does not have the personnel defensively top to bottom to do to the Cowboys what the Denver Broncos were able to do. Blueprints aside, because that is garbage. Shouts out to LaDainian Tomlinson. I wish you actually knew what you were talking about, Sir Hall of Famer. He doesn't. Clearly. That being said, the same Cowboys team that you guys were loving after the week one dismantling of the New York Giants, you will again love when you realize that they're beating up on the Arizona Cardinals, a playoff team, albeit a playoff team that no longer has David Johnson, a playoff team that has two new star or two yeah two new starters on the offensive line. They're without their left tackle. Once this happens, all of a sudden you're going to love them again. If that's the case, stop with the knee jerk reactions because you're becoming eerily like those media pundits that you despise so readily. You hate Skip Bayless. But you become him after a loss. Exactly. 
Exactly. And that's what we saw today, yesterday. One of the things that started running the rounds, our good friend Marcus Moser, and we all know Marcus, we love him to death. He has some incredible breakdowns and analysis of formations and tendencies and things of that sort. Marcus leans a little bit negative. And in a joke, in a joke, at least he claims it was a joke, he went in on some pictures. He, he went in on some pictures. And one of the pictures contained an image of Ezekiel Elliott with a pot belly. Now, this was pregame, during the game, whatever you want to call it. He was not as defined as we're used to seeing Zeke. And we all know Zeke is famous for being the hero in a half shirt. He loves to show off his abs. And people ran with it. And they're talking about oh Zeke looks sluggish in week one. And he's fat now. And he's not prepared. Now, granted... I have wondered myself in my video podcast what the effect of this whole court situation and domestic violence charge and suspension would have on Elliot's psyche. However, I have never once alluded to the fact that he was not preparing in the proper way. I just think it might be mentally taxing on the brother going through all of this on an everyday basis. It would wear out the strongest of men. So I would not be surprised if it had affected him mentally. But preparation, knowing that working out is one of the biggest stress relievers that you can possibly have, I have no questions, no doubts whatsoever about Ezekiel Elliott being in shape. Bruh, who was on the ESPN body cover this year? Uh, that would be Ezekiel Elliott, sir. So how are you going to look at a dude that posed butt naked on the cover of a magazine? <laughs> butt naked. He might need some me undies. <laughs> but he was butt naked on the cover of ESPN magazine, that, and now that had that had the same cover that had guys side eyeing their women. Right, <laughs> like that magazine came in the mail and it never made it to the coffee table, bro. <laughs> mine didn't. Come on, man. Mine didn't. <laughs> I ain't lying to you. Mine ain't never made it to the coffee table. I took it out the mail. I ain't even opened that episode. It just went in the trash. I was like, nah, man. <laughs> but, not... but it's real. They they need to know, man. We got to give them the real. They need to know things. Bro, t- tell them tell them what you told them on Twitter. Tell them tell them what you told the people about the people that are sitting here talking about what is what is oh even. Oh my God. Like. We're sitting here talking about a guy with six. Or a, I mean, who keeps count of these things? The guy has a washboard ab or abs, and we're talking about him being out of shape. The same people that are accusing someone of Ezekiel Elliott's physical stature, which is he's one of the more finely tuned athletes in the NFL. We're talking about him being out of shape, but those that are hurling these insults and these accusations, they grunt when they tie their shoes. Y'all look like me. So stop it. Come on now. Y'all know and I'm it, round. It, it, I ain't ashamed right. to be round, it, it, but I ain't going to no, sit there and call it, somebody it's else out of shape. It's not, even, it's not even fat shaming. It's not fat shaming. What we're simply saying is you don't throw the, don't throw the rock. Don't throw the rock, particularly when you're looking at a guy who is clearly still in shape. I put a piece up today on dal.247 or cowboys247sports.com. Right? So – it really just attacked and dissected this narrative because it's ridiculous. How is it that he ran for 104 yards against the New York Giants, the Giants, one of the best run defenses in the league, on 24 carries, which is tied for fourth most in his career, and he played, he played, KD, 81% of the Cowboys' offensive snaps. All of this while having less than 10 game snaps since the January loss against the Green Bay Packers. And after that game, 
everybody's saying, oh, well, you know, kudos to Ezekiel Elliott for being able to remain focused and staying in shape with limited snaps. He looked like a bully. He looked, you know, crisp on the field. But he, he gets handed the ball only nine times. Granted, those nine attempts weren't great. He averaged less than one yard. But if you look at the game film, you will see he had nowhere to run. The Broncos literally, I read a stat today of the breakdown of the game. The Broncos literally stacked the box on every single carry. They had one, they had one they had at least one unblocked defender in the box and for every, every single one of his nine carries. Every time. That being said, they schemed well for him. Give the Broncos credit for that. The Cowboys did not adjust. That's a demerit for the Cowboys. But we're not, what we're not going to do, what we're not going to do is sit here and try to pretend that the reason he had the career worst game was because he ate seven donuts before the game <laughs> or because he went to Golden Corral three times in the week when he shouldn't have. Because if he comes out and blasts the Arizona Cardinals, which I really believe that he will, then what are you going to say? He had liposuction this week? <laughs> He, you know, Pilates? Like, what yeah, it, it, it had to here? be the Pilates. It had to be yeah, the Pilates. What are we talking about? I need people to grow grow your mind up. Grow your football IQ up. And to Mosher's credit, because, again, I'm going to say he was allegedly, allegedly joking with the photos <laughs> that he tweeted, although there was no indication that it was a joke. He did follow that up after it went viral with an image, an updated image, showing Ezekiel Elliott six-pack in the same game, in the same pregame warm-ups. same pregame warm-ups. So here's the question, Katie. Did he do 17.72 million crunches between the photo that Mosher tweeted initially and the second one? No. Angles and timing. If I inhale deeply right now and you take a side shot of me, I'm going to look overweight. <laughs> no, <look>. However, <laughs> I am not. It all it's like what happened with Romo last year. Yes, that's exactly One what I was going to get to. One year to the day. It's what happened with Romo. Poor picture angle of Romo running out into training camp and suddenly Romo is fat bastard from Austin Powers. Ladies and gentlemen, stop. Stop. Stop looking for reasons. Stop looking for excuses. The Cowboys got their asses handed to them. They got kicked in the teeth. That's what happened. Let's talk about the the inconsistencies on the field. Let's talk about the lack of adjustments. Let's talk about a lot of things that are actually relevant. We're not talking about Elliot being overweight. Are that's you just, kidding me? That, that's, it, it's it's so ridiculous that people latched on to that. And, and the worst part is, of course, now everybody in the media, they have to do their job. Everybody has a different role to play. People on the radio, they're not the people that break news. I mean, you have people like, like Mike Fisher. He breaks news. You know what I'm saying? But other guys, other radio hosts, they're there. It's, it's, you know what talk show radio stuff is. Right. It's they for latch, talk. Yeah, it's for talk. <laughs> it's for ratings. It's for, well, you know, in our version of the world, it's for clicks. So they're going to latch on to this whole idea, and they're going to run with it even though they don't even believe this garbage. Right. But what what happened today was just seemingly the piling on, the just the misery, and I can't get behind – I understand it's been 20-plus years since we won a Super Bowl, but I can't get behind the general malaise that Cowboys Nation gets into when they have a loss. This is what I saw over the last couple of days, and it's gotten me kicked out 
of multiple Facebook groups because I went in <laughs> on people that I I've saw noticed. saying this this garbage. <laughs> Bruh, you realize that somebody changed an entire Cowboys group to Dak Prescott slander. I saw that, dude. And had the audacity of saying, I told you so this whole time. They never should have gotten rid of Romo. Prescott was not even as good as Kellen Moore. They never gave Kellen Moore a shot. He's the next Quincy Carter. <laughs> Man. Hey, see, this is what I told you. Hedging bets. Hedging bets. Quincy Give Carter? Quincy Carter, bro? Quincy Carter, sir. Apparently, Dak does lines of narcotic between play. But continue. Give it to him. Now, here goes. Here, here's where all intelligence flies out the window. Not that it was ever there with this person in the first place. Because I've obviously been kicked out of the group. And I hope he listens to the podcast because you're getting your shout out without being named. <laughs> this is the same person that complains about Jason Garrett. So what you're telling me is Jason Garrett can't coach and Dak Prescott sucks. How the hell did we get to 13-2 and two last year if both of those things are true? How was that ever able to be logically dissected? We don't have a defense. We all know that we don't have a defense, according to everybody. That, that so According to the Twitter sphere and Facebook sphere. So if absolutely nothing works, how the hell did we end up with the best record in the NFC two out of the last three years? Hey, based Silence. on what everybody's saying, I have no answer for that because we there, should be 0-16 every year. Every year because Jason Garrett is one of the worst coaches ever. Dak Prescott doesn't belong in the same field as Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, bro, are you serious? Kellen Moore. Kellen now, Moore. Look, but, but those types of fans, though, you have to understand, and I know that you do, but I don't think that the general Cowboys fandom population understands, and a good bit of you guys do, but to put it plainly, some people just need to be miserable. Yes. Some people just need to complain. Yes. Because whether it's, Dak, whether it's Dak Prescott having a bad game Sunday, and now they're saying, oh, we should have kept Romo. Okay, well, when Romo had bad games, you know what they said? Oh, well, he sucks. We need to trade him. We need to There's always going to be something wrong with this team. But what kills me is, why would you opt to be a fan of a team that, in your mind, can't do right by you ever ever uh, there's nothing and, and you're saying okay well you know uh, uh, we haven't won a super bowl in 20 i get it i get it trust me I, katie and i are older than a lot of you and younger than a lot of the others so we're we're uniquely placed right there in the middle in the generation that just missed the first one or two super bowls but witnessed the subsequent three so we 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 existed in that drought period from the second Super Bowl to the third Super Bowl when the Cowboys sucked. They sucked. We get it. But instead of complaining about it, let's have an intelligent conversation about what's actually taking place and how the team can improve, should improve, and what your thoughts are. Instead of constantly wanting to blow the team up from scratch every week, something goes wrong. It's like I said uh, a couple hours ago on Twitter, Katie. I don't understand why everybody, not everybody, let me rephrase. I don't understand why many fans want to set the car on fire because of a flat tire. There you go. Sunday was a flat tire. We needed roadside assistance. And guess what? It's on the way. Orlando Skandrick is coming back. He confirmed yep. that today. Demontre Moore is back from his suspension. Two weeks from now, David Irving is back from his suspension. Reinforcements are on the way. 
Jordan Lewis made his NFL debut, and although he made a mistake here or there, it was still impressive, also landing his first career interception. Things are looking great going forward if you can just get up off the floor. Now, look, let, let, let's talk about some of these solutions because from my point of view with this, the Cowboys haven't been blown out in the last, what, three years? Uh, that, you tell there, me. There, 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 there was a Tony Romo game in, in 2015 when he came back, and we all know what the situation was around that on Thanksgiving when they got blown up by the Carolina Panthers. Tony mm-hmm. Romo cannot function on a short week. He could not get prepared for the game. He could not take his Toradol shot in order to manage the pain. Uh, I was going to say, and they rushed him back. <laughs> exactly, and he was rushed back to try to salvage the season. So we know what happened there. That is the anomaly. Week two looks to be another anomaly. I will take the Jason Garrett-led team from all other weeks and believe that they will never come out that flat again. I believe them when they say that they're going to go into this week and they're going to talk about the people that did not give full effort. There was some of that on the field. We've heard the uh, opposition, and you can always gloat and brag after you've won the game. There's nothing that you can really say to combat what the Broncos are saying about what they saw when they did their film review from the Cowboys. That all happened, but I'm not worried about that because everybody in the history of the universe ends up having a bad day. And the Cowboys, whether it was infectious, it all rolled together, whatever you want to say, it it all happened to everybody except for DeMarcus Lawrence all at the same time. Mm. I have confidence that it's not going to happen again. So Mm. we're going to see in this Monday night, we're going to see the adjustments. Now, let's also take into account, these aren't excuses, but these are cliff notes or, or, or footnotes, I should say, of what happened. The Cowboys caught two very bad calls at crucial situations. Oh, my God. The oh call God. that uh, on DeMarcus Lawrence for leverage was garbage. We've already heard Jerry joke. Jones. We've already heard, heard Jerry Jones talk about the fact that he wants the competition committee to review that, yeah, that, uh, that penalty. That, that BS. The offensive pass interference against Dez Bryant was garbage. Now, would they have won the game without those two calls going against them? Probably not. Would it have been a different tone if they were able to hold Denver to three and then keep that drive going? I believe so. And then when things started to snowball, we had the lightning storm. And and, and that's one thing. People complained about them not getting the team prepared during the lightning storm as if the Broncos weren't sitting there trying to prepare themselves (laughs) coming out of the lightning storm. As if the Broncos weren't also making adjustments at halftime. It's not a one-sided thing, people. It ain't (laughs) one-sided. It ain't just, oh, the Cowboys get to do whatever they want, and the other team is going to act exactly like they want to. Now, look at at what I talked about with Lyle Collins. He played a great first half against Von Miller, and then he was taken to the woodshed horribly in the second half. Why? Because they were up 28 to 7 the next time the Cowboys got on the field, and Von Mm -hmm. Miller started jumping. Von Miller had three offsides calls in the the, the second half. Three. Oh, please, please. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm – Katie's going to repeat this one more time because for those that weren't actually looking at Von Miller, he jumped the snap often. But where was the flag? Almost every play he was jumping the snap. And I don't blame him because when you're up 28 to 7, you can take a five-yard offside. When you're dominating the way that they were, you can take those penalties. But I'm not going to sit here and say that the situation Collins was put in means that he's garbage. He did his job in no, the first he half. Did, he did well. Now, let's use logic here. Why is it that the Broncos would be 20-1 and one in the first two weeks of the season at home? One, because when you step off the plane in Denver, you can't breathe. You can't. So when you're worried about being in game shape, 
and you're dealing with the oxygen levels, and then you're adding in the fact that Lael Collins is only playing his second game in the league at right tackle against the premier pass rusher in the game. How are you surprised that what that's what happened, that Von Miller, who was jumping the snap, was able to take advantage of him so many times? Of course you're going to see that happen. But you guys want to talk about Lael Collins isn't as good as Doug Free. Doug Free gave up 10 sacks on the season last year. Far and away, one, 30% of the Cowboys snaps, of the Cowboys sacks allowed were attributed to Doug Free. But you're going to tell me that Lael Collins is a step back from Doug Free? And we're not even ass. talking about the holding penalties in addition to that when it comes to Doug Free. But Bruh. continue. Let him have it, bro. I'm, I'm they're, they're killing me with this garbage. So on top of that, the Cowboys lost three of their top four cornerbacks. Orlando Skandrick was out with a broken hand. Nolan Carroll played 25 snaps. Shadobia Wuzier played five snaps. And they were left with Jordan Lewis making his professional debut and Anthony Brown, who didn't start, uh, start any games until the second half of the season down the stretch. What are you talking about? How how were they supposed to compete with that? Playing two and, quarterbacks and Lewis, uh, not not simply making his NFL debut, which in and of itself is a big deal. Let's make it a monumental deal and restate the fact that he never played a snap during the preseason. First snaps as a professional in the game, and first snaps as a professional in the game, and he's tasked with taking on. Many more reps because of Nolan Carroll going out and Orlando Skandrick being out and Chidobe Wuzier going out. He's tasked with doing this with no preseason snaps whatsoever in Denver where you can hardly breathe. Now, listen. As I said, we we're not making about? we're not making excuses. We're just laying no. out the foundation for what happened. It was an ass kicking. We don't ever want to see it again. But there were certain things that were understandable of how it plays out. And for people to go and make these, this is the point. For people to go and make these sweeping generalizations about how bad this team is, based on a situation where there is obvious reasons for the way that they got their ass handed to them, on top of the fact that they were just overwhelmed and gave up. It's not something that should extend further. If it does, if they come out and they lay an egg against Arizona or against the Rams in the future weeks or after the bye week or whatever the case may be, let's recircle and then reevaluate. But off Correct. of one game, y'all people going in and all of these people that are supposedly for the team that you root for, y'all can kiss Maras. Yeah, seriously, because you're talking about a team who hasn't suffered two back-to-back -back losses since the 2015 season when they were on their second backup quarterback which makes it their third quarterback ladies and gentlemen the cowboys will be more than all right going forward and the irony is is we're sitting here and we're talking about well you know Dak prescott people are saying well Dak prescott you know should have kept tony romo or ezekiel elliott uh his mind isn't in the game and plus he's fat as hell the cowboys scored 17 points in this game correct mm-hmm they scored 17 points with Ezekiel Elliott averaging 0.9 yards per game. He mm -hmm. had more carries than he had yards. This is the 2016 rushing champ we're talking about. We're talking about Dak Prescott, the 2016 Rookie of the Year. He holds several league and franchise records in only the course of 16 regular season career games. And yet, as bad as this was, they only scored two points fewer than they did in week one when they dismantled the Giants and everybody loved them. So, ladies and gentlemen, I say that to say this. Relax. R-E-L-A-X. See you in week three.
That's it. And we're going to end it on that note. Now, for all of the Cowboys fans that are out there that agree with us, high five, salute, whatever you want to call it, ride with us. But for the rest of y'all that are talking all of this garbage about the end of the world and apocalypse coming on the Cowboys franchise, catch the fade. Catch the fade. We're out of here. Catch the fade. Work, 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 work. Yeah, you know I got that work. I'm why baby mamas leave. I'm why baby mamas With go go, and I made it with that dope flow. This one right here for DC, this one right here for Polo. See my PA Palace flow, Hugo Boss New Balance flow. Here they keep a ratchet close, intense to think irrational. Bait, 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 that I get like eight of them. They clapping and we balling. Oh, how fitting we at stadium. Lil' G, Mo, Cobain, and Trey Floor T said that wins this game So close I can get flip or play My mojo back May just go bring hobo back Shout out chicken getting chicken Like my Northeast homie fast Who that is she fool with? He don't do it the same Baby girl, I just move him I got that Goodman gang Who's on my line? Who's on my line? I'm blowing up Some tossing bait. She say I'm a hotter way. I get her off like a holiday. Yeah, that girl is stick. Top heavy for days. That bottom half is fishy. What you a mermaid? Getting on my level, Joe. Nouveau, new and yellow too. They not pulling in no green like smoking when that yellow broke. Never did I pedal coke, but Tony Lewis said I'm dope. And Tony Jr. said I'm the whole big homie. Hope said I am.